Welcome to our newest Hearts Unite the Globe hug patrons. Annie Olchek, we sincerely appreciate your support. Thank you for joining our community and making a difference through Patreon. Judy Miller, thank you for being our first Buzzsprout supporter for Bereave But Still Me. Buzzsprout started a new program where you can actually support the podcast of your choice. There are so many ways you can support Hug. All you have to do is visit our website, heartsunitetheglobe.com, to see how you too can help empower, educate, and enrich the lives of individuals in the CHD and bereaved communities. Thank you all for your continued support. And I was never able to find anything that wasn't written for mostly older men that needed lifestyle and dietary changes. Again, the coronary heart disease. Right. And as a 25, 26, 28-year-old young woman, that was not helpful. So Lisa and I wrote the book that we've always needed but could never find. Welcome to Heart to Heart with Anna. I am Anna Jaworski. I'm an author, publisher, and the host of this program. And the reason why is because I am the mother of an adult heart warrior. I'm so excited about today's program to feature a very special clinical social worker, Today's show is entitled Healing Hearts and Minds in the CHD Community. Tracy Lavecki received her master's degree in social work from Rutgers University. She has worked in a variety of settings as a private therapist, a clinical director, as well as a consultant for long-term care in hospital settings. She's been working as a psychotherapist in private practice since 1998 and currently provides psychotherapy to individual adults, adolescents, and couples in her Westport practice. She works from an eclectic theoretical orientation and provides supportive counseling while also utilizing cognitive, behavioral, psychodynamic, and trauma-informed mindfulness approaches when appropriate. She's the mental health consultant for the Adult Congenital Heart Association's Peer Mentorship Program and speaks nationwide on the importance of addressing the psychosocial effects of congenital heart disease. She lives in Connecticut with her husband and two daughters. Recently, she teamed up with Lisa Morton, another adult with a congenital heart condition. They have combined their experiences, knowledge, and efforts to write a book, Healing Hearts and Minds, a guide to coping well with congenital heart disease. My loyal listeners will remember Tracy from way back in 2015 when I had my Carpe Diem series and I had a special show entitled Seizing the Day with Tracy Lavecki. So welcome back to Heart to Heart with Anna, Tracy. Thanks so much, Anna, for having me back. I always love connecting with you. Oh, I love connecting with you too. And I want to start by congratulating you on writing and having a book published. Oh, thank you so much. It's so exciting when I talk to authors. I just love to speak to people who have that creative mindset. And so I'm wondering, when did you decide that you wanted to write a book with Lisa Morton? Well, actually, Anna, I thought about writing a book years ago. And I started with an outline. And then a couple of years ago, when Lisa and I met virtually, we were just talking about our work and our advocacy efforts. And it came up somehow that we both had written an outline for a book. We exchanged outlines and they were almost identical. Isn't so that, that was really, I know, it really was meant to be, I have to say. Yeah. And that was really the motivation to begin pitching our idea to publishers. So we wrote the proposal back in 2020. 
and sent out a few proposals. And we've received our contract with Oxford back in July of 2021. Wow. So you actually put it together really fast. We did. Yeah, we got the contract in the summer and we submitted it in time for Valentine's Day in 2022. Yeah, because we wanted it coming out by Valentine's Day in 2023. That was the goal. Wow, Mm -hmm. that's just amazing. I'm surprised that you were able to write it that fast. Did you all take turns with who wrote what chapter? We basically each took half of the chapters. Mm-hmm. and wrote them and then we switched and then we added oh. to each other's chapters and that's Very how we cool. did it it oh worked out gosh. really well yeah, yeah it worked out really well what a cool way to write a book with a partner and mm-hmm. somebody that lives across the world from I you that's an amazing thing so for my friends who don't know lisa lives in scotland and tracy lives in connecticut so that you were able to do this thanks to technology, as I'm sure you had lots of electronic versions going back and forth and <laughs> were we able did. to do everything we that did. way. I know. And, you know, people said to me, are you really writing a book with someone that you've never met? And I said, you know what? I am. I am because it just felt right. And we work really well together. And I enjoyed every morning waking up to her edits and additions. Oh. When she was sleeping, I was working. And yeah. when I was working, she was sleeping. So Amazing. actually, that might answer the question how we did it so quickly, right? Yeah. Because yeah. in a way, we were working on it 24 hours a day. I was just going to say around the clock. <laughs> you were working on exactly. this around the clock. Exactly. Amazing. Well, mm-hmm. I was privileged enough to see an advanced reader copy of the book. And I must say, you caught my attention right away when you decided not to use CHD for congenital heart defect or congenital heart disease. And instead, you decided to use CHC for congenital heart condition. So it seems as though it's a more inclusive term. It's funny because I was talking to some friends and they said, oh, well, by using condition, that's more inclusive because then you could also include electronic problems with the heart and other things that are not necessarily what people would consider a defect. So can you tell me how you and Lisa arrived at your decision to use CHC in your book? Sure. Yeah. Well, I'll be honest. First of all, historically, there's been this kind of debate, right? This controversy. Some people like the D to stand for defect. Other people like it to stand for disease. Some like disorder. I really have never loved any of them, quite frankly. Really? Um, And when we were talking about how to address this issue, we just came up with the CHC, you know, the condition. And mm-hmm. I do think it is more inclusive. And the other thing is CHD was too closely related to coronary heart disease, right. which is a completely different condition. It's totally you know, different. Right? Yes. And that implies that our condition is something that we've acquired or developed mm-hmm. over time, which is yep. not the case. And I, right. I guess we felt like we didn't want anyone confusing that because mm-hmm. people with congenital heart conditions need a completely different type of care. They need to be seen by a different kind of special cardiologist. It's a lifelong, uncurable condition. So we really wanted to differentiate that. Yeah. And it makes so much sense. But then I was surprised because in the title of your book, you put CHD. And I guess that's because that's what people expected to see. So that's what you had to do on the cover. Do you 
think CHC will start to catch on. I hope so. I mean, I haven't really noticed it yet. And I'll be honest, we wrote about this. We still kind of catch ourselves sometimes saying CHC because we're so used to it. But I'm actually really interested in hearing what the community thinks about Mm -hmm. that. So I don't know. Look, this book was written for the community, the medical community of adults with congenital heart conditions. And so it's really up to them what they want to use. But we just wanted to offer an alternative. Well, I think it makes a lot of sense. And the people that I've talked to about it, because like I said, that caught me off guard right at the beginning. (laughs) So I started talking to people about it. And everybody that I've talked to about it said that makes so much sense for exactly the reason that you said, because we have seen research that says CHD and it's coronary heart disease. And we wondered, well, how would you differentiate? But CHC seems to be a perfect way to do it. And also, like I said, it's more inclusive, allowing for people with electronic problems with their heart, which isn't really a defect, because when you think defect, you think something that's not formed correctly. Their heart's Mm -hmm. formed correctly, but there are are electrical problems with it that are invisible. So how do you deal with that? Well, CHC seems to be a great way to do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, as long as it's congenital, I guess, right? Right, right. Congenital versus coronary. So makes complete sense. I know your book came out last month, but you just said that it had a February 14th publication date. So I guess the advanced copies came out last month. Can you tell me what kind of feedback you have received on your book? Absolutely. The publication date was a little earlier, though, than Valentine's Day or Heart Day. It was the 16th of January in preparation for February 14th. And we've gotten a lot of really amazing feedback from the adult congenital community. We've heard from readers. I'm getting emails and messages on social media about how validating the book has been for some people and how they really appreciate it. And that's the whole reason we wrote the book. Lisa has been getting a lot of attention from the media in the UK, which is wonderful. Here in the US, not so much for some reason. I've been very surprised. We've been sending out, yeah, we've been sending out our press release and we've got really great people working on this, but we've been getting a lot of passes. So I'm hoping, look, we're still in early February. Maybe this will catch on with Heart Month. I'm really hopeful that it does. But I appreciate the time with you talking about it for sure. Well, I'm so glad that we can do this. And it is a very niche book. So I can see where there's a lot of competition for Heart Month on different kinds of heart stories aside from something about congenital heart conditions. See, I'm going to sure. keep using that and then eventually CHC will <laughs> blow enough my tongue like CHD does. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, I was surprised because I'm a follower of you and of Lisa on LinkedIn. And I see where she's just been posting one after another interview in Scotland. And Scotland is such a small area. United States is so huge. And I wasn't seeing Mm, things uh with you, Tracy. So I was delighted when you said you would come on the program and talk to me about this book. This book is completely perfect for any of my listeners because either you're the parent of a child with a CHD and reading this book will help you in so many different ways to understand the psychology behind living with a congenital heart defect, or you're an adult with a congenital heart defect, or you're a friend or a relative of someone with a congenital heart defect, I think you need this book. So what is your favorite story so far by somebody who's written to you 
after receiving your book? I think one of my favorite messages that I received was from a young woman who had a congenital heart condition who said for the first time in her life, she felt like someone had actually gotten it. She felt her experience was validated. She felt less alone. And that's really the goal of this book is to help people to feel more hopeful and more connected. So I was really glad to read that message and I've gotten a few others kind of along that same vein. Tonight Forever by the Baby Blue Sound Collective. I think what I love so much about this CD is that some of the songs were inspired by the patients. Many listeners will understand many of the different songs and what they've been inspired by. Our new album will be available on iTunes, Amazon.com, Spotify. I love the fact that the proceeds from this CD are actually going to help those with congenital heart defects. Enjoy the music. Home Tonight Forever. This content is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. The opinions expressed in the podcast are not those of Hearts Unite the Globe, but of the hosts and guests, and are intended to spark discussion about issues pertaining to congenital heart disease or bereavement. You are listening to Heart to Heart with Anna. If you have a question or comment that you would like addressed on our show, please send an email to Anna Jaworski at Anna at hearttoheartwithanna.com. That's Anna at hearttoheartwithanna.com. Now, back to Heart to Heart with Anna. Before the break, we were talking with Tracy about the new book she wrote together with Lisa Morton and the term that they hope will start catching on, CHC, or congenital heart condition, and the feedback that they have received so far. What did you find was the most challenging part of putting your book together, Tracy? I think the first thing was not being able to celebrate with my co-author on the publication date. That was disappointing. We're working on doing it soon, though. But I think also being new to the publishing world, we had never written a book before. We were just getting to know the ins and outs. And there were a lot of deadlines. There were layers of edits. So just learning about the process, there was definitely a learning curve with that. We got everything in on time. Thankfully, like I said, it was a learning curve for us newbies. Let me tell you, I'm working on book number five. Everything has changed, Tracy. (laughs) (laughs) Really? Oh, my God. I'm going through the learning curve again because, yes, the last time I published a book was 11 years ago. And now everything is digital. I could totally relate to what you're saying. That's amazing. Yeah. And we were always afraid that the Google Drive, something would happen to it and we would lose it. So we were always backing it up and printing it out. So you just have to be ultra careful. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. That's what Uh, we did too. We had everything in Word. Yeah. Each of us had our own external hard drive, just in case. So we had backups Mm -hmm. and had backups. I think that's a good practice for anybody, whether you're using Google Mm -hmm. Drive or not, you should definitely have your information backed up in at least two or three places. Yeah. As we said, you actually put it together kind of fast because you were working on it around the clock. But I know there had to be some challenges with you all being, first of all, not really knowing each other very well. And then also your location being so far apart. 
Yeah, yeah. I would have anticipated that maybe just trying to be respectful of one another's time commitments, but mm-hmm. that wasn't an issue at all. We really worked very well together, I have to say. For me, it was really disappointing, though, that we couldn't get together for the publishing date. We would have loved to have done. So that was kind of an issue for me. But Uh also, I guess, in terms of getting into the nitty gritty, I would say the publisher had a lot of deadlines, right? Of course, Mm -hmm. there are deadlines when writing a book. Sometimes they didn't come at the best time, maybe during vacation or when we were very busy at work. But we were able to get it done. We were able to meet all the deadlines. But it was just something new to us because you're getting these deadlines thrown at you without any kind of warning. (laughs) Okay, so they didn't map out a timeline for you from the very beginning. It's just that things came up as almost randomly. There was a loose timeline, but there were layers of different edits that needed to occur. And those edits would come at very different times. We didn't always receive warning, but that was okay. I think that's just the publishing world and we got through it and met all those deadlines. So it turned out totally fine and we got it in on time. We actually got it in early. Wow. Because we really wanted to make sure that this was out by Valentine's Day. Right. Now, had you or Lisa ever written a book before? No, neither one of us had. We had both written journal articles, but never a book. So this was a really big learning curve for both of us, for sure. And was your publisher an American publisher? So Oxford University Press, we were surprised that it was based in New York. Yeah, we had one of our editors was overseas and some of the publicists or the PR people, we have one or two over in the UK and then we have two here in the U.S., Well, that's great, though. You have an international team. Yes, it really was an international effort for sure. That's amazing. Everybody worked really hard on it. Mm -hmm. So I just finished putting together a book. It will hopefully be coming out in the next two weeks. And I was working with a co-editor from Australia. And one of the challenges that we had was that she spells the Australian English way. I spelled the American English way. (laughs) Did you all have any problems with that? Trying to decide, okay, what spelling will we use? Well, that did come up initially, but we ended up needing to keep it the U.S. version. That's what the book has. That's what we landed. And I think it was because of the whole New York publisher thing. Yeah. Yeah. So (laughs) it's interesting. We decided that whatever form of English the writer wanted to use, that's the form that we would use. So, for example, we split up our book in half, too, as far as writing the introductory material for each chapter. So half of them I wrote in American English and half of them Megan wrote in Australian English. And we just put a note at the top saying, when you see things in italics that's being written by Megan, it will be with Australian English. Right. And we felt like that kept it in her. I like that. Flavor. It just sure. allowed that. And as well as the other people who wrote for the book, because we had essays from people from all over the world and we kept it in whatever form of English they use, as long as it could still be read and understood. But I published it with Baby Hearts Press and Baby Hearts Press let us do it that way. Yeah, I'm pretty sure our publisher had asked us to do that. I think there were some edits on that, and that's why we landed on doing it that way. But we do have 
about 40 testimonials from all over the world, from individuals with CHCs, as well as a few from family members and physicians. And we kept those testimonials. Most of them are anonymous. We kept them written as they were written. So, yeah. I mean, we have some from South Africa, New Zealand, Malaysia, UK, Canada. I'm really got a nice flavor because as you know, Anna, everyone has their own journey. Everyone's perspective is different. And we wrote this Mm -hmm. book for the community and we wanted their voices to be heard. Absolutely. Well, like I told you, I've been working with Megan. I'm putting together a book too, and we have found it to be such a rewarding experience. What do you think has been the most rewarding aspect of working on the book with Lisa? Well, first of all, I have a friend. I have a new good friend who's living (laughs) in Scotland, and it's a friendship Mm -hmm. that I very much appreciate, and I really enjoyed working with her. I enjoy also the feedback. We've been getting a lot of positive reviews. I noticed today that there are a few very good five-star reviews on Goodreads, and they're all from people living with a CHC. And this is the first book of its kind in the world. I mean, how unbelievable is that? I remember scouring, going through different libraries and bookstores, looking for anything that could help support my experience and validate my experience. And I was never able to find anything that wasn't written for mostly older men that needed lifestyle and dietary changes. Again, the coronary heart disease. And as a 25, 26, 28-year-old young woman, that was not helpful. So Lisa and I wrote the book that we've always needed but could never find. And so now that it's out there for other people, that's the most rewarding thing for me. Anna Jaworski has written several books to empower the congenital heart defect or CHD community. These books can be found at Amazon.com or at her website, www.babyheartspress.com. Her bestseller is The Heart of a Mother, an anthology of stories written by women for women in the CHD community. Anna's other books, My Brother Needs an Operation, The Heart of a Father, and Hypoplastic Left Heart Syndrome, a handbook for parents, will help you understand that you are not alone. Visit babyheartspress.com to find out more. Heart to Heart with Anna is a presentation of Hearts Unite the Globe and is part of the Hug Podcast Network. Hearts Unite the Globe is a nonprofit organization devoted to providing resources to the congenital heart defect community to uplift, empower, and enrich the lives of our community members. If you would like access to free resources pertaining to the CHD community, please visit our website at www.congenitalheartdefects.com for information about CHD, the hospitals that treat children with CHD, summer camps for CHD survivors, and much, much more. So Tracy, for me, writing has been therapeutic. Did you find that writing about this topic, which you covered a lot of different topics in your book, actually, do you feel that that was something that was therapeutic for you, considering it's something you've been living with all of your life? Or do you think it made you look at your life a little bit differently and analytically? Well, I had to really think it through about telling my story to the world. And it is a very personal decision and it's not always an easy thing to do. But for me, it really validated and solidified my drive to advocate for this increased awareness and support 
for our community. Just hearing the testimonials and just remembering a lot of what I had gone through, even before I had words mm -hmm. to know that there was something really missing and lacking in my care. I think that, again, it really validated that for me. It also helped me to really understand that. And we talk about this in the book, how most of these responses that we're all having are very normal yes. because it's not normal to have to live through being in and out of the hospital as a child or having unexpected repeated surgeries as an adult. So mm -hmm. a lot of our responses are very normal responses to very abnormal situations. So it really did Absolutely. solidify that for me. Yeah. So for me, writing has been therapeutic, but sometimes very difficult. And in my day-to-day -day life, I'm able to compartmentalize different aspects of my life. Did working on this book help you to compartmentalize some of the psychological experiences that you had? Yeah, I'll be honest. I was really lucky to have found a really good trauma-informed therapist back in my late 20s and early 30s. And I had a lot of anxiety in my 20s. And he really helped me. I mean, it was life-changing. And I can't say that enough. He really helped me to work through a lot of the feelings that were associated with my medical trauma that I had experienced. So I had already had the opportunity to work through a lot of that. And as a result, I was really able to compartmentalize many of them. So I will say, though, I've been pretty medically stable now for a couple of years. I know I'll be going back into the hospital eventually, but I think if I wasn't in the place feeling as well as I am right now physically, that it wouldn't have been that easy. Right. So, right. Um, yeah, I, I was, yeah, because I, was I find that when I talk about certain topics or with certain people, I can feel a heaviness in my chest. Mm -hmm. I will start to feel some anxiety or <laughs> I mean, I did a Christmas episode this last year, which I don't usually do. Most people are so busy during the holidays that I just choose to rerun old episodes that are new to a lot of people who are new to the community since I've been doing this almost 10 years. But this year, somebody actually asked me, what are you going to do for Christmas? We think you should do a special episode for Christmas. And I'll tell you what, Tracy, I had some unresolved issues that I had not worked through. So I know that sometimes when I'm doing my show, sometimes when I'm writing, it just puts me right back where I was in the hospital with my child. When you were working on some of these chapters, did you feel like you went right back to when you were experiencing what it was that you were writing about? Yeah, I guess occasionally that occurred, but then I was just honestly reminded about how important it was to complete this mm -hmm. project because what I went through, no one should have to go through. No one should have to be a 13-year-old in and out of the hospital three, four times without anybody following up and saying, are you okay? How are you feeling? Without getting any kind of family support. So it just really solidified my drive and my motivation for finishing this project. And my goal is to get it into all of the hands of those who need it and could use that additional resource and connection. Okay. Well, we have one more question to go. People want to know where they can get a copy of your book. So can you please tell me where our listeners can buy a copy of your book, Tracy? 
Absolutely. It is available on Amazon internationally. You can also get it on the Oxford University Press site. And a lot of independent bookstores are also selling it. My library now has it too. Yeah, yeah. That's wonderful. I'm sure that if anyone Googles it, they'll find whatever bookstore they usually use will hopefully have it. And if they don't have it, you can request it. Right. And that's another great thing. There's always interlibrary loan here in the United States. I don't know how it works in other countries, but in the U.S., through interlibrary loan, you can usually get any book that you want. I'll make sure that I put a link to their book on Amazon. So if you're riding your bike or driving your car, do not worry about getting a piece of paper or pen to write that down. And we'll also include the Oxford Press link as well. Tracy, this time has gone by so fast. Thank you so much for coming on the program today. You are so welcome. Thank you for having me. It's been my pleasure. And I'm so thankful that you allowed me to see your book before everybody else did. It was fun being an advanced reader of your book, and I thought you all did an excellent job with it. Thank you. We really value your opinion, Anna, and that's why I wanted to include you in that preliminary review. Yeah, so thank you for doing that. That means so much to me. I loved doing it, and I think we probably need to have you and Lisa come back and just talk about some of the different topics that are covered in your book, because then we could go into a little bit more depth, because I think that you ladies have done just an outstanding job with your book. Thank you. We would love to come back. I'm sure Lisa would love that, and I know I would, because there is a lot to cover. We have coping strategies. We have a chapter Mm -hmm. for family. Yeah, we could certainly share that at another time. Oh, I would love that. Well, friends, that does conclude this episode of Heart to Heart with Anna. Thanks for listening today. Please tune in tomorrow for another Wednesday Writer Chat in Heart Month 2023. And remember, my friends, you are not alone. Thank you again for joining us this week. We hope you have become inspired and empowered to become an advocate for the congenital heart community. Heart to Heart with Anna with your host, Anna Jaworski, can be heard at any time, wherever you get your podcasts. A new episode is released every Tuesday from noon Eastern time.